1: about how you are feeling can really make a difference after all they are your mates for a reason let's all take a moment to talk more than football
2: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans hi i'm jason Neal, one of the co-owners of pw united i must warn you that the yellow block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes so be warned and enjoy Hello and welcome to the Yellow a a P2B United podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. I am Tim and I've got a full panel this evening. I've got Mr. Dan Weldon. Evening. We've also got Mr. Matthew Kisby. Good evening. And 18 times host of the season, Jared Farmer's is with us as well. Good evening, Japs. Are you on Internet Explorer over there, is it Jared? There was a slight delay. I know the signal's not great in South Lincolnshire, but... What was the reason for the long delay? It's really bad, really bad for me. No, I mean, full
3: signal, but you lot are really lagging.
2: Brilliant. No, just, so what started out as a full panel is probably just getting... Well, Kisby will be kicked out of his studio shortly, so it has be me and you soon, Dan, I think, based on this.
4: Ah, uh, It's the dream team, though, isn't it?
2: It's true. And I would just like to add, uh, as the the guys on webcam have just witnessed, I've, I've literally just finished, you know, a shift of being a, a hashtag hero. Uh, it's not about the money, but 19% would be great. Uh, Kisby, you got to witness me semi-naked there as I was stripping out of my uh, bottle green uniform.
5: I did. And um, thank God I've got cataracts is all I can say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dan, uh, run me through this uh, FA Cup story. I saw you message about it and I've seen a few tweets. What happened on the FA Cup footage?
4: Yes yeah, so everybody has heard
2: the uh, the infamous noise of uh, a lady enjoying
4: um, some some evening time with a, a another hold
2: shower. hold hold right there kisby has never heard the sound of oh, a I lady enjoying so, her evening. So when a man loves
4: a woman very much <laughs> um, no so yeah we, we all know the, the noise i'm talking about and if you don't have a have a look on Brazzers.com. um Basically, what seems to have happened, according to Gary Lineker and co, is somebody's taken a cheap £10 phone with a bit of double-sided sticky tape, uh, hidden it somewhere on the BBC One FA Cup set, and then proceeded to set the Brazzers' um, noise as their ringtone and ring it several times during the live production. Phenomenal.
2: Fantastic. That's quality. Apologies. Uh, I'm eating that. No, that's, uh, I'm, I'll have to dig out the clip on Twitter because that sounds quite funny. Did, what did uh, Lineker and that do? Did they just play it off?
4: They ignored it. And then Lineker said, well, I don't know who's making that noise. And it, it was all very
2: <laughs> awkward. Oh, brilliant. A uh, good old live TV. We we love it. We do. Uh, that would be a good thing to set up, actually, as a, as a prank on this sort of um, pod. But we would just carry on because it's pretty normal, let's be honest. Since we did last record, though, we've played once and won once. It's been a long time since we've been able to say that. We'll be discussing that and everything else that's been going on at the posh. That's all coming up Oh, the Yellow Block. <laughs> Some feedback from our uh, emergency episode. We, we've we kind of recorded <clears throat> twice, I guess, since the last main episode. We did the emergency pod after the uh, Fergie Jr. Hey, back! And then we did the uh, Jason Neal interview. Yeah, uh, welcome back, uh, Jared, to the World Wide Web. Uh, you've not really missed a lot, apart from uh, Dan trying to explain to Kisby what the uh, sound of a woman enjoying herself is like. So that's that was uh, an interesting... Uh, sound clip Um, but other than that we're just talking about the episode since we last recorded so Some comments on the emergency episode that we did, first of all. Uh, Paul says, I can't believe how negative you guys are. You watch the Phantoms and not Posh versus Wickham. I travelled from Hampshire to watch it. Not every game, I admit, but 10 plus and away games too. Keep the faith. Uh, Irish Posh. uh, Hello, Kisby's mum. Good episode, thanks. Uh, Think Tim has overreacted. No, really? In saying most Posh fans are horrified. He's really too young to remember how bad it was pre-DMAC for many, many years. I think most fans will let the news settle, understand why he's come in and will take it. Uh, Tom said, listen to this today. Can't understand how pissed off some of the contributors are. Does seem that Posh are at a crossroads from the outside looking in. And then Richard Roberts says, listening to your emergency podcast is madness. uh, Quote, it's madness to do the same thing again and again. He goes on to say, not when it leads to getting promoted each time. That is surely the definition of good sense. Richard does then also go on to make 20 more similar comments. Uh, Carl says, I listened to your podcast and I think you're just picking all of the negatives. Like about the crest, it's pathetic. You need new hosts who aren't going to keep feeding more and more negativity to the club. Put a fucking positive spin on it. Darren does well getting us promoted. Uh, Carl, with a K, also comments about 20 more times. Very angry. Um, And now we know what Peter Crouch was talking about. Uh, He did make one valid point, though. This podcast needs new hosts. (laughs) Uh, Someone also commented, which our producer can't be asked to find now, saying they won't be listening again. Uh, Easy come, easy go. A few things, Jared, for you there. Uh, The crest apparently was uh, pathetic to pick up on. Uh, And Paul is annoyed that you watched Phantoms and not Posh v. Wickham.
3: So, number one, um, of course we were right to call out the absolute helmet who put the posh foundation logo up on a massive uh massive social media post Um, and what's wrong in highlighting that I think that's a fair comment um and the irony is that he's asking us to leave when you know we're calling out someone who should probably leave their role but there you are uh the second one fair comment I am a Peterborough United fan I didn't go to um Posh that day. Um, I went to Phantoms. Phantoms won and Posh lost 3 nil at home. I think I made the right decision.
2: No, you didn't. You didn't travel up from hampshire to watch Posh, therefore, you're not a proper fan. Uh, what is it like? A uh, fucking gold star? <laughs> oh, what an aggressive start to an episode. I like it. Um, I just wanted to respond to what uh, Kisby's mum said um, about me overreacting. Uh, yeah, I think in hindsight it probably was, but I was incredibly emotive that day. Um, the, the thing I wanted to touch on is where he says, um, that I'm too young to remember how bad it was pre-DMAC. Uh, one, I'll take that as a compliment, but it's also not my fault that I wasn't around pre-DMAC. And two, DMAC's been there long enough now that it's perfectly acceptable for us to strive for better just because things were worse 20 years ago. I'm not sure that that's a, a valid argument anymore, but that's the whole uh, purpose of opinions, I suppose. Uh, Kisby, do you agree with your mum on that one?
5: I mean, that's that's complete rubbish, isn't it? Um, there does... There gets spoken a lot of rubbish on Twitter that gets me very, very angry. And um, I do go every game and I have gone every single game for the last umpteen years. I can't remember the last time I missed a home game in the league. And I am a lifelong supporter. So I you, you can't level anything like what has been said at me because I've seen the good and the bad. And I, as a lifelong supporter, had lost all interest in going and watching the posh. A few weeks ago, I really had got no interest whatsoever, and I was literally going because i 'd got a season ticket that 's how bad it was getting so it 's no good these people saying we shouldn 't be criticizing it because if I think like that, a lot of other people were thinking like that as well, and I was getting fed up with the just abject averageness that I was watching week in week out. It was less than exciting to put it mildly, and I thought we brought up fair fair points in the criticism. What I will also say, there was a, some clown that came on Twitter saying, oh, well, you didn't say anything good. We consistently say good things about the owners, consistently. And just because he hadn't heard us say anything good in that episode, you can't infer from that that we never say anything good. We do. We often give credit where it's due, I think. But in the same way, I think we're entitled to voice our displeasure when it's not going well. And that's what we were doing. I think I I can only speak for myself. I wouldn't be arrogant enough to speak for others. But for me, I was totally, utterly fed up with it. So I think we do praise the owners where it's due. And I think we are critical where it's also due. And I think we needed to say the things we said. I think you were quite emotional, Tim. But although I wasn't quite as... Harsh is what you were saying things. I totally understood where you were coming from. So I think I think it's fair comment. And these are only our opinions, aren't they? You know, it's what we think is to be true, hold to be true. So we don't speak for other people. But I think we were critical. And I think we were rightly critical in what we said on that emergency um, episode.
2: Yeah, here, here. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, opinion very quickly shifted just a few days later when we released our uh, interview that we did with uh, Jason Neal. So a few more comments to to read over to you here. Mr. Mega Dump, possibly the best name on PB United's Twitter, says a good listen and some positivity. T- uh, some positivity, time we turn the corner of despair. It seems to permeate everywhere at the moment. Even the weather is pissing down. Uh, Martin says, fair play to our owners. Not sure there is another club in the 92 where there is so much transparency between the owners and supporters. Uh, Gabriel Zacquani. I don't know who that is. Gabriel zacuani I'm not sure. Good interview uh, by the Yellow Block and great transparency shown by Jason Nil in shedding light on questions that the fans have been wanting answered. All positive. Now time to focus on Port Vale and let Darren work uh Pete Hurick says difficult conversation had in a civil manner like a divorced couple talking about who gets the frequent flyer miles um yeah i am not sure Pete that whenever a relationship of mine has ended that's been what we've uh, discussed uh, over custody but that's fine uh you know if that if you fly a lot i guess maybe i don't know uh, Gary Bannister great listen some good positive stuff coming out of the club especially with the ground moving forward just need a good run of games now and then Mark Shepard. So one director says he wasn't consulted yet. He says he was regarding sacking. What a mess. Um, and I guess just to wrap that up, again, thanks to, to Jason for coming on. Uh, that We did get a lot of comments as well uh, about criticising the ownership. Um, I feel like it was a good discussion that we had, Dan, with, with Jason. It was, uh, it was level-headed, I thought, and it seemed to be quite well-received.
4: Yeah, I, I think there's always going to be... An element of animosity between the fan base, based on what we've experienced in the last sort of eight weeks. You know, there's the, the results aren't there. We've we've been struggling as a team. It, the players didn't really seem up for the last couple of games, and you know, obviously, you've got Randy on Twitter saying things like he wasn't consulted with the sacking of a manager, when you know you would think that the owners would be all over that. So, <clears throat> I think there was a, a fair amount of of stick going towards the owners before that interview. And, you know, if, if fans can listen to that and see the transparency and sort of take a different view after that, then that's fantastic for them. I, I still hold my opinions. I know you do as well. And, you know, opinions like ourselves, everyone, everyone's everyone got one, everyone's entitled to one. And, you know, I don't really think anyone can slander you for having a different one to theirs. So, look, if you're happy with the ownership and you're happy with where the club's at right now, good on you, fantastic, keep going. But everybody else has a different view.
2: Ah, uh, talking to bumholes, uh, Jared. How did you find that that interview? Now that the dust has settled a little bit on
3: it, no, I thought it was really good. I think you hosted it really, really well. I think it was a difficult conversation to have, especially given your rant the podcast before, which was really emotive. But again, we all were. I mean, my my opinion on what I said on the on the the emergency podcast is slightly slightly changed now, and that's what happens. You, you know, you get news and you react in uh, in a way that you feel at the time is the right way. And then you, you, you possibly change that. And I think that's, that's what I've done. And yeah, I think the Jason Neal interview was good. I think he was more open than he has been in, in previous episodes. He's always been a good listen, but I think he's, he's, um, he's provided us a lot with, he's provided us with a lot of textbook style answers, Where this time, and I think you said to him um, before you started recording that he said, look, I'm, I'm here to be shot. Ask me anything, type thing. And I think he, fair play to him for coming out and doing that. And that's one thing we did say about a bit of um, transparency. And that's that's certainly what we got with that interview.
2: Yeah, I think so too. There's a couple of sound bites to come out of it because one of which is the stadium, uh, a topic I know you're quite passionate about. But it looks like, albeit maybe slightly delayed, it looks like we've still got the green light and, it, and it's all uh, all plain sailing for the stadium going forward.
5: <laughs> well, I didn't read it like that i read it is as they are putting in an application um that's step 1 on a million mile journey type thing so to me it if it happens it happens that's great i'm fully behind it um we'll wait and see won't we um i i i think that first step has been taken but i still think there's quite a few steps to to go through i think i i have to say and i said this to jared so i'm not just saying this now it was uh, you you conducted that interview very well i thought i thought um you're always going to be more emotive aren't you when you're doing it not with the owners you when you're doing it with the owners you've got to be more diplomatic and that's only that's only courtesy and politeness as much as anything and um we don't always agree with the owners but we do agree on we we appreciate their time when they come on and, and do an interview like that, and they've all done it. We've we've interviewed them all, and um, we respect them for that, don't we? You know, we're not we're not there to criticize them as such, because at the end of the day, it's their business. They can do what they like with it. We've got no right to know these things, but they are good enough to come on and and, and tell us these things. So we do appreciate that. It doesn't necessarily mean we're going to agree with them. And I think you walked quite a, a, a good line between. Being asking difficult questions, but being doing it in a polite way. So, I, th- I think it was a good interview. I enjoyed listening to it. Um, I think some of the answers he gave were stock answers, like the stadium. I think that was a stock answer. Yes, it's progressing. Well, that's great, it's been progressing now for three, four years, whatever. Um, we'll wait and see on that one. I personally think it's still not just around the corner, I think it's going to be quite a long time if ever I mean I might be proved totally wrong that's okay I I would hopefully I will be proved wrong on that one I think it was interesting what he was saying on on, about the social media and and Randy being consulted people fall out on social media all the time I fall out with everyone on social media I fall out with you lot all the time I I fall out with you lot during a pod for god's sake you know people fall out sometimes It, it is what it is and it's the working relationship that counts, I think, and hopefully that is still in place. Um, I think they all are all very different characters, aren't they? And they're going to react in different ways to these things. Um, I think we, we you can't deny we, we were in a rut as a team. We were in a rut and we needed to get out of that rut. And I think action has been taken that I fully approve of and I think is the right action, even if a lot of posh fans don't. And at the end of the day, who cares what the majority of the fans think? That doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what I if I care for or against a decision, I think the decision sometimes has to be made and you have to say, well, you know, if the fans don't like it tough, we think it's in the best interest of the club. And I think they've done that. And I think even if the majority don't want Fergie back, which I think is madness, absolutely ludicrous to not want our most, our only successful manager back, um, I think that's Kisby just
3: going back on what I said though. You, um I said I've changed my opinion slightly, but you did say it was the wrong decision to bring him back.
5: No, I I 100 I said it was the wrong decision because the majority of the fans thought it was the wrong decision. I thought it was 100% the right decision. 100% I didn't want him to go in the first place, let's not forget. So I think it's 100% the right the, the right decision, 100% the right decision. Um, I just, maybe I, I didn't quite put it in, in in the correct way, but I just said it was wrong decisions from the majority of the fans, I think, the majority of fans, but I can't understand that at all. I can't understand that at all. And he's only been back for one game and it was an away game at a tough away team and he's won it. We wouldn't have won that under McCann. We just wouldn't have.
2: Fair enough. Interesting points. Uh, Dan, the appointment of Fergie was was obviously the main point of the discussion. There There was a couple of other bits and, and Kisby touched on one there. Randy taking a back seat. And I didn't, if I'm honest, I didn't really cock it so much during the interview. It was only listening back uh, where he mentions it's only a working relationship now. He was very quick to play down Randy's involvement and their relationship. And as I said, I didn't really click at the time to be able to push him further, but feels like Randy's maybe disappearing out of the ownership, do you think, soon?
4: Yeah, I mean, we've been saying it for a while,
2: really, haven't we? And, And
4: I mean, the whole fan base is sort of starting to clock onto it now. At the end of the day, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and I don't think we will be privy to that in you know, outside of a press release really. So it, it seems like his involvement is, is down to the bare minimum at this point. You know, a lot of people were relatively unsure on what his role within the, the partnership was in the first place. Obviously, you know, we know that Dara takes care of the of the big picture stuff and, and Jason Neal takes care of the sort of the development of the club in, in terms of the youth and and sort of you know furthering furthering the, the club's stature as it were. But, I mean, at this point, that little extra bit of transparency would be beneficial to the fans, I think, you know, because nobody really knows where the club's at. Nobody really knows where the relationship between Dara and the other owners is really at. And everyone's sort of treading on eggshells in terms of where the club's going to be in sort of six to 12 months. You know, Dara's his usual thing of, oh, I'm going to leave at the end of the season, which he does every year. But, you know, there's, there's that element this time that maybe you know, it might be that a little bit more real than it has been in the past. And this whole relationship between the owners that's sort of deteriorating before our eyes is, is sort of key to
2: that. Yeah, Jared, the 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 ownership has been, like Dan said there, it's been, I guess, relatively fra- or It appears to be quite fragile. It has been for a while. But this was the first confirmation, I guess, that we've had. <laughs> Direct from the horse's mouth, that they the, the trio perhaps aren't you know necessarily all pulling in the same direction. Is that a worry for you?
3: Yeah, of course, I think, um, yeah, it is a worry. I think, um, there certainly is an issue there, and obviously, that was one thing I wish you'd have. I say wish, I probably wouldn't have done it myself, but maybe throwing another question there when when Jason did say, you know, it's very much a working relationship now. And my understanding is that them two have got business interests elsewhere together. So it would be interesting to see, you know, what's gone on there. Um, But again, not something we necessarily need to know. But um, in regards to Peterborough United, I think it's important that we, you know, we know whether he's going to be coming or going. And obviously he said that he wasn't... um, in that email chain and, and obviously Jason Neal said he was of myself has been involved in businesses when you have three, three people of equal ownership and it, it can be difficult, you, you know, and often is the case where two agree and one don't. And that's probably what's happened here. And it, unfortunately it's one of them where, you know, if you're outvoted on a decision, it, it's tough shit. You, you know, it's, it's two V one. So it could be a case of that. I don't know.
2: Yeah, but there's a difference, Jared, between this and you and two other mates pooling a couple of quid together to get an escort and not agreeing on which one you want.
3: Not really. Um, if it's a decision where three of you have got to make, whether it's if you if you're going to get a Curly Whirly or a Twix, um, that decision-making process is the same, isn't it? You, three, uh, two are going to agree, one's probably not going to agree. It doesn't no matter what you're choosing over. It's that's how it is.
2: Yeah, valid point. Uh, one other sort of contentious point that a lot of people have picked up on, uh, a lot of people on social media, at least I've seen, have been disagreeing with Jason's assessment that the squad we've got now is better than than what we had in the championship, Jared. Um, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with them. Uh, he used, for example, the fact we've got Randall and people like that now. Yeah, it's it, it's not a better squad, he, is it, than we had last year? No, no. Like I say, big fan of Jays, but he, he let himself down
3: with that comment. It, it was uh, nonsense, to be honest. Certainly not a better squad. I know what he's saying. Obviously, we've got two golden boot, you know, in the past winners. It's, that's a fair comment. But to say he's a better squad is just utter bollocks, isn't it, really?
2: Oh, it, yeah, that's it. OK, it was a very abrupt ending to that point that you made there, Jared. Your I mean, we,
5: we we did make the point a little while ago that Jason isn't a football man. And it's thing coming out with things like that <laughs> that sort of confirms that view, isn't it? Um, this squad is not as good, right? Let, let, let's not beat around the bush. This squad is not as good as it was last season. What I will say is probably not far off being as good, to be fair, is not much worse, I don't think. Um, It's not better. Mason Clark is not better than Dembele by any stretch of the imagination, right? What I will say is when Dembele came to our club, he was bang average, bang average for quite a while and then turned into, over time, a fantastic player, a really, really good player. That I actually don't think he got the plaudits he deserved. So Mason Clark, I think can be a bit hit and miss right but I think there is a bit of a player in there um I don't I've never thought that about Ricky J Jones um but Mason Clark there might be a decent player in there I think but again he needs developing and and he's not it's not as good as this squad as it was but it's not a million a million miles away from being you know within touching distance of last season I don't think
2: yeah I think I'd agree with that um we are recording this on uh Tuesday night, so this is 24 hours after Darren Ferguson's first game back in charge of Peter United, and the first time he's ever won his opening game in charge of Peter United, fourth time lucky. Uh, This was on Sky Sports, this was a 2-0 win away at Port Vale, not going to lie, I didn't watch this, Uh, sorry to the fan that would pick me up on that, but I was, you know, sat outside a hospital. Uh, Dan, did you get a chance to watch this on Telebox? I certainly did. And what was your assessment of this one?
4: It it was fine, I guess. I, I think it's difficult to make an assessment really on, on the first game with with a new manager. That's not really a new manager because both the players and the fans know him very very well. It's it it just seems like back to old and. Look, if that's the case, if we're gonna start winning games on the regular and, and and making, you know, London Road a fortress and and so on and so forth, then yeah, bring on the the League One sort of team from two years ago. That's that's fantastic. That's exactly what I want. Let's let's go on and kick on for promotion. And it, it almost sort of brings back memories of the year that COVID curtailed, where you know we were in banging form, we, we started to get results when it really really mattered you know, looking like we could even finish second if, if the fixtures fell right and all of a sudden it got cut short. You know, so it's, it, it almost feels like this is going to be our redemption year for that, you know, and we'll just forget about the, the promotion winning year because it ended in in such crap last year and, you know, actually give it a good go this time. However, it really makes me think about the future because if Darren Ferguson's going to go on and, and start getting these results that clearly, you know, McCann wasn't capable of getting... It sort of lends to the idea that he's going to be here for the long run again and then starts bringing up the questions that we mentioned on, on the, the emergency pod. You know, where does this club go if we were to get promoted again? Do we stay with Darren Ferguson for a third attempt that will inevitably end in failure in the championship? Or or do we go for something new and, and try and actually get behind a manager with a bit of funding? But, you know, I, I think I'm looking too far into a 2-0 win here and let's just take the result against Port Vale.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. No, it's uh, it's bang on. And anyone that thinks Fergie won't be here next year, in my opinion, is deluded. Uh, Jared, do you get a chance to watch this one? No, mate, I was watching
3: highlights of previous Phantom wins. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, right. I, I, I did watch it. Um, I thought the first half was diabolical. I thought it was a really, really poor game. Uh, Port Vale, and am posh. Um, so yeah, that was concerning. But no, Overall, I think, say, we we didn't play amazing. I was speaking to Kisby throughout it, and he made a good point. That these are the kind of games where when you don't play well and you win, it's obviously a good sign, which we did. Um, yeah, good result. I thought the uh, the lineup was, a, well, I thought McCann picked it. it. It didn't look much, you know, all that all that different. I was expecting to see Marriott um, come back in. I think his time's running out now, isn't it, with Posh? But, um, yeah, Mason Clark, he come in and did a brilliant job, didn't he? So obviously
5: the right decision in the end. What I will say is, I don't think Port Vale had conceded the goal since October at home, right? So, you know, they're, they're a decent side. Um, a team, you know, we're, it's the middle of January, for God's sake. We're away at Port Vale. It's not a glamour tie, is it? It's the sort of game that perhaps is not the most exciting in the world. But if you want to get in the top six, you beat teams like that, right? And we did. Right. And I've said it all season we are capable of getting in the top six. It doesn't matter. We won't finish in the top two. That's that's gone gone and gone. We're not good enough for that anyway. Um we are good enough for the top six. Maybe only sixth. That's fine. If we finish sixth, we're in the playoffs. I think there's seven teams in it at the moment, so someone's gonna um be unlucky. Um I think we can finish sixth, right? I don't think we'll go up through the playoffs, but of course, if we, go, if we get in the playoffs, then it's a bit of a lottery, isn't it? Our short-term goal, forget the championship next season. Forget all of that, right? Our short-term goal is to get into the championship. That's what we've got to do first and foremost, right? So that's our target for this season. Get us into the championship, right? I wouldn't say let's then worry about the championship next season because obviously it's too late to worry about it, but let's... First things first, let's get us into the championship. I think that's got to be our short-term goal. We've got to achieve that. And um, we've just got to start picking up some wins, which is what we did. Forget about how good or how badly we're playing. It's result- The reason I said get rid of McCann is it was a results business and he was not getting the results. He was. Not- we couldn't buy an away win, could we? Against anyone, really. So the fact that we've beaten an away team and quite, a 2-0 away win is quite a convincing win in my book. So that's a positive, right? Whatever you think of Fergie, he did that, right? And I think he will get more of those types of wins for the rest of the season. And I think he will get us in the playoffs. And and then we need to worry about getting through the playoffs sort of thing.
2: It was a Fergie win, I think. It was a, it was a Fergie smash and grab. But so nice to be winning away from home. And what that does to the table is it puts us 7th, so one place outside the playoffs. However, we have now played less games than those in 8th, ninth, and 10th. We are 7th on 38 points. Wickham are 8th, also on 38 points, but haven't played a game more. Uh, Bristol Rovers, ninth on 37 points, having played two games more. And then Exeter City in 10th, having played one game more on 35 points. Above us, Barnsley sit just two points ahead now. They, however, have played a game less. And then Bolton, Derby, and Ipswich make up the playoffs. Realistically, it's a three-horse race for the top two between Plymouth, Wednesday, and Ipswich. The uh the playoff contenders, if you like, would realistically at the moment be Derby, Bolton, Barnsley, Posh, Wickham, and at a push, probably Bristol Rovers. So, like as we were saying there, we're probably looking at maybe two of those teams missing out on playoffs. But it's exciting to be back in the mix of talking about playoffs and all that from a 2-0 away win at Port Vale, It's amazing what an away win can do. After the break, we will be looking at the squad quality and the squad depth as we pile our way through the January transfer window.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app.
2: So, Dan, you broke the uh, exciting news to the group chat earlier that Lucas Bergstrom has been sent back to Coventry. Uh, sorry, sent back to Chelsea. Being sent to Coventry is a completely different saying. Uh, sent back to Chelsea. Uh, this The reason I was ribbing you for this earlier, by the way, is because most fans worked this out yesterday when Luke Norris was handed the number one shirt. So rather unofficially, uh, and the fact that Bergstrom's been AWOL for a while, uh, we kind of guessed he'd gone, but it was confirmed today. So both him and Harvey Cartwright back to their respective clubs. And further to that, Fergie has come out in an interview today for BBC Radio Cambridgeshire and said that the squad he has is good enough to achieve what he wants. Ergo, love that word, we probably won't be seeing too much in the way of movement in. What's your take on that, Dan?
4: Yeah, I'm not overly surprised. I, I think, we, like you said, we all knew that Lucas was probably going to go back to Chelsea. Um I think a lot of fans will be quite upset with that. I quite like Lucas Bergstrom. I think he was a very good keeper and one of the best we've had for a little while. But obviously with the results the way they were recently, not really keeping that many clean sheets in the league in comparison to other keepers, no one can say they're too shocked. And you know, Norris came in yesterday, looked fairly decent. I mean, he was very, very seldom tested, but when he was, he he seemed to be quite commanding. And again, that's what Posh, keepers seem to lack if we look at, you know, past keepers we've had um, in, in terms of Fergie's comments, you know, the squad being good enough, you would argue that it probably is. If, if you want to take it from a very conservative point of view, it, it probably is. It's not overly different from the side that got promotion, you know, two years ago. It's, it, it's a decent squad. We've got goals there. We've got creators, but I I don't know if we can sort of sit on this squad, given the position that we're in, you know, we're by no means guaranteed to get a, a, a slot in the playoffs. And, you know, I think realistically we need to target to get to the high end of the playoffs because, you know, as we learned from last year and what the owners kept telling us is, you know, if we aim higher than we want to achieve, you know, we won't be disappointed when we fall short. Well, Given the fact that we were very disappointed when we fell very short last year, I don't want to be in the same boat. So I'd like to see some strength added. I don't think it will be because the owners clearly don't want to invest in the squad any more than they have.
2: Fair enough. Uh, Kisby, Lucas Bergstrom won two of the Yellow Block Ivan Tony Award. So in a season of nothingness so far, you'd have to say it was a successful loan spell, if nothing else.
5: It was massively more successful than I thought it was going to be I have to say I was very impressed at times with him um I think he made one or two errors but then he's a very young keeper isn't he so any young player is going to make errors so um I was disappointed to see him go and I didn't really understand why I I, I read online that it was because Chelsea wanted him back because they were concerned he wasn't going to get any game time with us so um You know, it is what it is, isn't it? He was a lot better than I thought he was going to be, I have to say. And as I say, some stunning saves he did at times, some real stunning saves. Um, Just going back to, is the squad good enough? I would say yes, just about, sort of, if you want to finish in the top six. Probably no more than that. Um, I just think it's, like you say, it's a similar squad to when we got promoted. That's fine. But in a much stronger league, therefore it's still a decent squad. And I've said that all season, it is still a decent squad, but you need to get the best out of it to finish in the top six. If you're not getting the best out of that squad, which McCann never did, I don't think, um, you wouldn't have finished in the top six because it's, it's a very, very strong league with a lot of decent teams at this level sort of thing. So, yeah, I think it's good enough, but it's the same old story, isn't it? And, you know, yeah, okay, we might be good enough to get into the championship, but then what? you know it is no no good just that 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 team will will get demoted from the championship 100% you know there's no two ways about that and i would say that very few of those players are good enough in the championship very very few one or two perhaps but no more than that and that's not good enough is it that will get you relegated 100% so yes we we've got a good chance or at least a chance of going up through the playoffs this season. I think that's, yeah, I I think that's a given. But then what? I think that's the trouble, isn't it? Because that's always been the trouble when we get in the championship. So I don't know. I don't know what to suggest about how to establish it. All I know is it is possible, but a lot of things have got to change at this club. If If you want us to be in the championship for more than one season, a lot of things have got to change.
2: So the the too-long-didn't-read there from Kisby was, yes, Lucas Bergstrom had a successful Posh spell uh, at Posh. Uh, There's no doubt he will go on to play at the top level. Uh, He's um, from Finland, I believe, isn't he? So I I can definitely see him playing international uh, football in the future. Did you know, I was reading this earlier on, apparently Finland uh, have closed their borders today, so nobody will be crossing the finish line. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, Jared, let's talk Jack Marriott, if we can, um, because I know he's a a bit of a man crush of yours. Uh, Heavily linked with uh, Gillingham over the weekend. They are throwing money around for fun, just signed Tom Nichols, So whether they're investing that money wisely remains to be seen. Uh, But Jack Marriott, I mean, he's of an age now where you wouldn't begrudge him a payday. Uh, Gillingham are paying big money. Can you see that happening?
3: Yeah, possibly. I think it frustrates me because I think him and Clark Harris would complement each other so, so well. Clark Harris, for me, really good footballer, but he needs someone with pace alongside him. I know, again, um, Mason Clark did that last night, but I just think, and what does Marriott need? flick-ons and things like that to do that work for him. So for me, it's just, it's crazy not to have them both. But, um, yeah.
2: Surely there's a, because every fan can see that, surely there's a reason that both Grant and Darren have opted. Yeah, Granted, it's only one game for Darren, but surely there's a reason they're not doing that.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, there must be. And again, that's why I'm not a football manager. However, I'll be interested to see on Saturday, he might play, let's see if he plays Mary. I don't think... I don't think McCam was gonna play Marriott what you know, whatever the case. I don't think he was gonna start him. I think Fergie might have a couple of different variations of a formation where Marriott might come into play. But would you begrudge him a, a payday? No. I can't believe Gillian's a fucking payday, but here we go. Um he needs to play football. What is he? Twenty-eight, I think. I think I'm right in saying twenty-eight years old. He needs to start playing. He's had um since he left Posh really, don't get me wrong, he did well at Derby for a little while, but then he was played out of position and He's a fantastic striker, certainly at League One level, and I want him to to show that at, at Peter United again. But I can't see it now; he's too good to be on the bench. Put it that way.
2: You said you're not a football manager, but let's just you know imagine you are. Uh, who are you bringing in this this window? Assuming we keep the squad, Marriott stays, etc. Would you do much in terms of incomings?
3: I'd probably look at a centre back. Um, Other than that, not really. I don't think we need anyone. This is the thing. I I think the squad's good enough. Um, I really do. I think the squad's good enough and I don't think we need to move. Well, hopefully if we don't lose anyone, that is. Yeah, maybe if we can get, um, you know, a a, a strong, strong centre-back, six and a half foot, a few stone, that'll do me. I think that's what we need. Because I think it's a little bit lightweight. I've always liked Frankie Kent. I like Ronnie Edwards, but I know he's brought Nathan Thompson back into the set, but for me, yeah, Thompson's a good professional and he's good to have around. But I, I think he's slightly over the hill now. I might be wrong in saying that. He, again, he's not played much this season, so he might he might be brilliant. But I, I would like to see a centre back come into the building, if if any.
2: We're roughly halfway through the season, then give or take uh, a game or two. Um, so, sort of looking ahead to that back end of the season, who do you think will be come the end of the season? Who do you think is going to be that player that we go, "Wow, what a what a few months they've had"? Do you think it will be someone like Mason Clark? Yeah, I think it's hard to look past him. You know, he he, he seems to be
4: a little bit of a spark when the rest of the team doesn't perform. And at the end of the day, that's the, the kind of player that we need. Someone that can sort of not necessarily pick up the players around him, but do things that they're maybe not willing to do in the game you go for that extra ball dive in where it's it seems sort of you know relatively risky it it could be Mason Clark it, it could be a defender it could be someone that we know very well as posh fans you know Joe Ward obviously we know he does very well under Fergie historically in terms of assists and and creation and you know I think we saw elements of that last night I know a lot of the crosses weren't Sort of hitting the mark, but you know we saw a little bit of the ward of sort of you know eighteen months ago, where he's finding any excuse to get that ball into the box and and, and you know create that that goal. So I I think it's far too early to tell where this squad's going to be after you know one game mid-Jan halfway through the season. We've got a lot of football to play. I mean, especially this month, we've got what five games left, and we've only got two weeks left of the of the, of the month. So you know let let's see where we are in five six games time see where the rest of the league is because we can pick up you know, every game in that time. But if the teams around us pick up every game, we're still in the same position and we're still fearing for for that promotion sort of winner. So yeah, keep, keep it posted. What I will say, and this is in direct competition to what Kisby seems to say every single podcast, is Ricky J. Jones is a very young, very talented young footballer. And I think you need to cut him a little bit of bloody slack because he's moved from striker to left wing to striker to left wing. Just give him time. The kid's 19 years old, Kisby.
5: He's still young. That is true. And he has got better. That is also true. But he's never going to be a top, top player. He's too lightweight. He's just too lightweight. He needs to physically bulk up. When CMS came to our club, right, he used to bounce off defenders, right, because he was a bit lightweight. By the end of his tenure at Peter United, defenders were bouncing off him because he was physically much stronger person. Um, Ricky J. Jones, he's inconsistent as well. Um, he, he, I, I just don't see him as a player. I don't see him as a, a, a top, top, top quality player. Um, I, I don't think he will be here in one or two seasons time because I think he's had his time. I think he's had time to prove himself. Um, we're at league one level and he's not proving himself at league one level. Um, so therefore, I, I I don't think he's going to really feature in our team. Mason Clark, I I, I I do think that there is a player there, I have to say, and I think he will get better and better and better. Um, Joe, with, with Ward, I've always been a fan of Ward, always thought he was one of our better, if not best players, to be honest with you. And when he plays well, Peterborough United play well and... We will score lots of goals if he plays well. Now, he hasn't been playing well, particularly recently under McCann. Therefore, that's why we haven't been scoring a of goals. Um, I think if he, if Fergie can get him playing well, I think um, we will create more. We will score more goals. What we'll say about Marriott is if he's 28, he's got one or two years of re playing, you know, at his peak ahead of him. So therefore I think you know, again it'd be stupid to just to discard him, to be honest with you. I, I think he's got a big, big role to play between now and when we go up through the playoffs. And I want but we've got to start playing him. You know, you, maybe not every single game, but he needs to be played. It's no good relying on him to come up with the winner in one of the playoffs is it? If he hasn't been playing for the whole season, you've got to start playing him. I think sometimes there's this weird obsession with not playing two strikers up front because it's old fashioned. Well, we're in league one play two strikers. I, I, I argued we should have played quite defensively against Port Vale, which I think we did sort of thing, which is why we got the victory. But sometimes you don't need to play defensively. Sometimes you need to think, right, we're against a team that we can beat quite easily if we really go for it. And I think Marriott then will come into his own. Like you say, Jarrett, it, he, I think they will play well together. You know, like you say, Marriott needs someone to play off. And, and you know, we've got the players to do that, haven't we? And, if Marriott is played, I think he will come good for us. And I think he will score us plenty of goals in, at this at this level. And I think that could be the difference between us getting into the championship next season and not.
2: Ever the professional, Kisby, because you you made really good points there uh, whilst I was uh, making you feel seasick by moving my camera around so much. reason for that is just for the listener bases. Jared messaged me convinced there was a female in my flat. And I was just proving that that wasn't the case whilst you were going on one of your...
3: Well, you were talking to somebody. It could be male, I don't know.
2: I, I was it's... chatting to myself. Honestly, I'm that tired that I was just chatting away to myself. Um, just to quickly touch on your point there, Kisby, about um, Ricky J. Jones, uh, I frustratingly find myself completely agreeing with you. The club needed to loan him out two years ago when he first came onto the scene. He's been in and around that first team squad for long enough now to prove himself and hasn't he won't go on to achieve what we want him to achieve, which is frustrating. Uh, but I think the club mismanaged his pathway and put too much on him too soon.
0: I, d-
3: I agree with that. I think the club did put way too much on him too soon. I also agree with Dan. I think he has, he's shown promise and he's he has he's done well, I think. I think in the championship last season, the back end, I think he was unplayable at times. He really <laughs> was. I watched him... Rubbish! No. Rub- no, I, I was. Lovitch. I remember. I know I've said this story Lovitch. before, but we played at home to Swansea, um, and he was genuinely unplayable. He was on the wing. I was in the Swansea end, and and they were all asking who you know who that number is, who is that guy, uh, and he was he was incredible. And there was a couple of games where he was like at that level. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. He, he he could have he could have gone on more this season, um, but I wouldn't want to cut him loose just yet. I think there is there is a player in there. I don't know to what level I think he could either like as we said maybe drop down a couple of leagues or we could see him in two or three years in the Premier League you don't know it's one of them yeah, he's, he, I think is, he will never play in the I, Premier think, League. I think I yeah. think
2: he's at a crossroads it's I think it'd be it's 50-50 for me no he's had one maybe two good games the city game was one Swansea game potentially another he no he, he, I I love the guy and I want him to be a massive success he's my daughter's favorite player and I would love nothing more than for him to be the next big asset for the club, but he is—you're talking wet—it's not going to happen. Um, one other player that I did just want to talk to you about, Jared, was Fuchs uh, left out of the squad last night. Um, then there was some rumours kicking about about the fact he deleted all his affiliations to people, you on Instagram, so on and so forth. I sent that to you and you replied along the lines of big problem or something like that. I'm guessing for you, Giando going would be a problem if he fooked off. Yeah, I think
3: Kipriani and Jack Taylor are too similar. That's the problem there. I think that they're both quite tall, um, you know, more silkier players, if you like. I've said it so many times on this podcast. You need a James Weselowski, you need a Fuchs in League One and in the Championship. So he is our player for me. He is that one who gets stuck in. Um I think people are reading slightly I don't know, something's might be going on, but I think the Instagram thing, I think he deleted everything on there. So it's not just the Pete United thing. I think all of the pictures went and he's probably had to bust up with his misses. We've all done it, haven't we? Tim Disneyland and all that. When you have a you have an argument and you end up deleting everything for twelve hours until you realize you're being a petulant twat and you put it all back on there again. So or is that just me? But no, I think he'll be um he would be a big player for us if we keep him. Let's hope that um, he's not out the door because I think that would be an issue to the midfield. He's a really, really, really good player.
2: Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, let's look ahead to the three games we've got coming up. am not going to touch on these too much. Uh, we've got three that on paper seem like relatively big games. Good news for you, Kisby. You get out two Saturdays in a row because it's back-to-back home games. Uh, this weekend, home to Charlton. Tuesday night, away to Burton. Then the following Saturday, the 28th of Jan, home to Pompey. Now, you think, yeah, they're big games, right, Charlton and Pompey? And they are big games. But when you look at the league table, they are, on paper at least, winnable. So, Charlton currently find themselves mid-table in 12th. Portsmouth are having a shite season uh, in 15th. There is a plot twist here, of course. There are strong rumours that Mr McCann will be the Portsmouth manager, so maybe returning to London Road Slightly quicker than his next planned tenure at at Peterborough, because let's be honest, it'll happen at some point. Uh, And we've got Burton away mixed in the middle there as well. Now, Burton are one point off the bottom in 23rd um, and in rather in different form. So, Mr Dan Weldon, three winnable games at least. How many points are we looking for?
4: See, I don't know, because that's difficult. On, On paper, yeah, all three are winnable, but... If you look at our history, all three of these teams have given us problems in the recent history. You know, Charlton, oh God, I hate playing them. It's just icky. And Burton, despite being in the relegation zone every time we play them, always seem to get a result against us. And God, Pompey. Yeah, if, if Grant McCann's there, it's going to be messy as well. I'd like to say nine, but my brain
2: is telling me maybe three, four at push. Sorry, I was replying to a notification on my phone. Um, brilliant. I'll pretend I listened. Happy days. Uh, Jared, uh, do you agree with Dan? I'm hoping you listened. Uh, how many points are we looking for from these nine?
3: I don't think on paper they're, they're winnable at all, really. You've got Charlton Athletic at home. It's always going to be relatively tough. Um, Burton Albion away. Yeah, I'll take the win there. And Portsmouth at home. Again, McCann will be the manager by then, I would have thought. Um, pff, obviously, I'd like nine, but I think I'd. I think we'll probably get four.
2: Okay, fair enough, yeah. Um, all right, Dan, it's a bit of a banging going on there. Mm-hmm. Dan agrees aggressively. Sorry,
4: I've, I've never agreed with something so much in my life.
2: Uh, Kisby, I know you struggled to count as high as nine. How many points are we looking for from these three games?
3: Uh, well, Can we leave Fossil alone, please? <laughs> of the yellow block. I feel like we're picking on him a little
2: bit. No, oh, you were recording and it said something. No, you're right, to be fair. You have been you've been unfairly picked on, uh, Kisby. I feel the Yellowbok bullying and harassment policy needs to make a uh an out in here. So um yes, yeah, so I apologise, <laughs> Kisby. That was unnecessary. You can successfully count to nine. Uh how many
5: points would you like from these three games? Um what I'm just gonna ignore all that. Um what we need is a bit of consistency. We need to start winning. We don't need to win every game, but we need to win the majority of our games. Um, to be honest with you, um, I think Burton is is 100% three points. We, we would beat them under McCann easily. Um, 100% that would be three points for us. Um, I think Portsmouth is three points as well. They cannot buy a win at the moment. I think that's three points. So it doesn't matter so much what we do against Charlton. Charlton are a decent mid-table side, but then so were at Port Vale, and we beat them at Port Vale 2-0. So I'm going to go out on the limb, and I'm going to say, I think Fergie will win his first four games in charge. I think all those games are very, very winnable. Charlton is probably the hardest of the, of the three. Uh, but I think we will beat all three of those teams. I really do.
2: Which I shared your optimism. Now, here is my prediction, and I, I, I'm not, a, you know, I'm a betting man, but obviously I can't encourage anyone else to bet. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen now across the next two weeks. We're going to beat Charlton on Saturday at home quite convincingly. We're going to play really well. The performance is going to be pretty good, uh, and we're going to like, yep, Fergie returning absolute masterstroke by the ownership. Brilliant. Wouldn't be surprised if we see a free four-nil. I'll take that all day long. Burton away Tuesday night. Tough game. I don't buy what you're saying at all there, Kisby. Yes, they're struggling. But traditionally, that is a game, a bit like Port Vale, if I'm honest, that we will struggle with. We scrape a 1-1 draw there. It's okay. It's one game. Fergie's 1-2. All is well. Then we come to the Portsmouth game. Now, Jason Neal is incredibly excited for this. He's flying over for it. Uh, Grant McCann, as you said, Jared, I think will be the manager of Portsmouth there. I see that a lot of bookies have stopped taking bets on it. That's how confident they are about this. And that's got such a massive undertone to it, doesn't it? Because he knows the players, he knows the squad, he knows what they're capable of. That is really hard to predict that game, that Portsmouth game, assuming that McCann is the manager. Um, However, I think that we do win that one as well. I think we win both of these home games. We'll be a lot tighter. Uh, but for me, I think we're taking seven points out of them three games. I really do. as someone dug Derek Okora up? It's uh, No, that's what's going to happen. And you know me, I'm normally the pessimist. Let's find out in two weeks' time, you know, how right I was. Because that's going to exactly be what happens. Uh, and that's when we're next due to record after the Portsmouth home game. And for Jason's sake, I hope that we do win that one because he... Uh, yeah, he's fine over especially for it. Um, any other business? Oh coming? God, you and Jason, hey, get I get it. Know, really like that, honestly. I've got his picture on my wall. Do you love, it? Do you love my dog? I
3: bet you your uh, your phone screensaver is a little screen grab of you two
2: side by side on camera. Uh, it's Jason's dog, actually. That's even more weird. Yeah, fluffy. No, which
3: not. is how you opened the interview wasn't
2: it it was do you know what i set up this thing right where every time i lock my phone look this the wallpaper changes see that i've got to be careful because i know a couple of the ones that come up on uh yeah honestly i've just found all this amazing technology you can change the background and everything. It's great um jared still is not getting 32 oh, sorry Kisby still is not gif 3210 that's the i'm doing it again maybe it was oh. him that planted it at BBC. Errol is going to be all over this episode with my childish comeback. Jared, your phone folds in half like you're a 90s, you know, like emo chick. I had one of them. Yes. They're good. Yeah, but it is this
5: in half when you bought it?
2: Yes, I sat on it.
1: <laughs> be more, than, be more than folded in half.
5: A it's now a flip phone. Apologies they were really to Errol. Cool. They were really cool in the 1990s because I had one of those flip phones. Hang on, uh, where's the bin? Why are you
2: getting in it? Um apologise to Errol, because there's been a lot of childish jokes made from my side tonight. He will be unhappy with the quality of this episode. Um, That's any other business awesome. fellows before we wrap up? Because I know that we've all got busy evening planned. Happy days, good stuff. So, uh, three games to play. We will be recording our next episode, the weekend of the Pompey game. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review and rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify. It helps us climb the podcast charts. If you've not yet watched the Jason Neal interview that we did, you can see that on the Yellow Block YouTube page. Do join us in a fortnight and up the bush. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 16-123. 116 That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year.